Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Paul Gant, and for the next hour, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. You have an opinion number to call 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show. BlogTalkRadio.com slash PGAN. Send messages to the show on Twitter at GoForItGAN. And while you're there, at GoForItGAN, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T, hit me up, give me a follow as we talk sports and have it. It's a little fun doing it. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by a guy who after 25 years, is the most embarrassed he's ever been as a Clippers fan. The great Clipper Darrell will be joining us. Also, Ryder University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gill will be joining us to talk all things NBA playoffs. And the NBA playoffs at this point are hot and heavy. And a lot of big things going on, a lot of fun things going on, a lot of amazing things going on. And, but before we get to the NBA playoffs, we got to talk about LeVar Ball. And LeVar Ball and the big baller brand has finally dropped their signature shoe. The Zotu Prime. Their signature shoe, the shoe that is going to be Alonzo's Lonzo Balls. That's going to be his shoe. That's going to be his kick, his kicks. Excuse me. And so, okay, great. It's got a sneaker deal. Big baller brand, Zope Two Prime, doing big things. Here's the issue. Well, here's the issue that rose after it was dropped. And after, you know, we found out that it was coming out, the issue was the price tag. Yes, the price tag is pretty expensive. Very expensive, actually. How expensive? $495. $495. That's a lot of money. But you look at it, and here's my thing with it. First and foremost, I have no problem with LeVar Ball is doing. I think it's great that LeVar Ball and the Ball brand is, is, you know, it's great that they're going out on their own and, you know, trying to find something. And doing it their way. I'm cool with that. I think it's cool. I really do. But you look at it, the price is just astronomical. I mean, $495 for a pair of sneakers. That's not Gucci. That's not Prada. That's not Louis Vuitton. I mean, that's a lot of money. And don't get me wrong. I'm not a fashion whore. I, I'm not, I don't need to have, you know, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Prada, so on and so forth. I don't need that. But if I'm going to spend $500 on a pair of 
of sneakers or a pair of shoes, period, it's probably not going to be Zoe 2. It's probably not going to be that. And hey, like I said before, I want this brand to succeed. LeVar Ball is doing it his way. LeVar Ball is stepping outside the box. He's not being like you. He's not being like me. He's not being like Nike. He's not being like Adidas. He's not being like Under Armour. He's being like LeVar Ball. And he's doing things his way. Whether you hate it, whether you love it, he's going to do it his way. And LeVar Ball had this to say as he was on the Levitard show today, and, and he was asked about the price, $4.95 for a pair of sneakers, $2.20 for a pair of sandals. Quote, I figure that's what the shoe is worth. When you are your own owner, you can come up with any price you want. Let's say that again. When you're your own owner, you can come up with any price that you want. And he's a boss. Hate the boss, love the boss. LeVar is a boss. Now, I don't know how many shoes this thing is going to sell. I don't know how many shoes he's going to sell. Could sell a lot. Could sell a little. But he's going to sell something. But the key to this whole thing is what's going to happen to his boys. I mean, the key is how good is Lonzo Ball going to be? If Lonzo Ball comes out, balls out, plays some, you know, puts up some big time numbers, does some big time things with whoever he goes to, that's going to help this brand. If if those guys are balling out and getting it done, that's going to help the brand. That's going to help brand ball. Now, if Lonzo Ball goes out, stinked up the joint, not good at all, doesn't get it done, obviously the brand is going to suffer. But from LeVar's standpoint, maybe he has two other guys, you know, two other sons who, who can take the mantle. LaMelo, LaAngelo. I don't know how good the Leangelo. I don't know how good these guys are going to be. And I look at Lonzo Ball. I see a, a, a solid player there. I don't know if I see a star. I don't know if I see a guy that's going to that's going to have guys going out to buy five hundred dollars sneakers. I don't know. I don't know if you have that yet. I'm not sure. I could be wrong. But the thing about this shoe. And, you know, you you got some guys out there supporting this. I mean, Chad Johnson said he made a purchase. Arian Foster says he made a purchase. So guys are supporting the ball brand. But as I said yesterday, you must be a baller in order to afford the big baller brand sneakers. You got to be a baller. And I, I can't. I can't, in my right mind, encourage anybody, you know, to, to go out and buy a 500 pairs, you know, $500 pair of sneakers. Unless you're a baller. And don't get me wrong. There are people out here who buy Louis Vuitton bags, you know, 13, 14, 1500 a pop. Probably can't afford them. There are guys out here, Gucci this, Gucci that. Probably can't afford it. My only issue, again, with this whole thing is the price. It's the price. But it could work in his favor. But I think the key to all this is his boys start with Lonzo, and especially Lonzo since he's the first, he's got to ball out. And if he doesn't ball out, well, this shoe, whole shoe thing and apparel thing, it's going to go through some rough 
patches and some rough troubles. Now, because other boys get it done, then maybe they can revive the brand, if you will. But the pressure is on Lonzo Ball to ball out in order to justify this whole thing. Let's bring, we're, we're going to switch gears now, talk a little NBA playoffs. Going to bring in a guy, um, you know, obviously we, we talked to him last year throughout the course of the NBA playoffs. And, of course, we got to talk to him now. Let's bring him in now. Ryder University assistant basketball coach, Marlon Gill. Just give us one second. Trying to get connected here. Marlon. Paul, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Oh, as always, thanks for having me, man. Marlon, let's get right down to it. And what we saw last night with the Celtics and Wizards, you know, obviously that series has gotten a little chippy. You know, Kelly on Kelly battle there, uh, Oubre and Atlantic. But that's, that series has gotten physical. And obviously those two teams hate each other. There's no love lost between the uh, Wizards and the Boston Celtics. I expected the Wizards to come out with that type of effort. And I expect the Wizards to come out with another big-time effort in game four. But how do you see this thing going forward? This is playoff basketball. This, this is how we used to have it. And, and this is how it should be. You know, there, there are no friends, especially in the playoffs. You're trying to take my head off. I'm trying to take your head off. So I, I can't be mad at it. The only thing I thought that was missing was Kelly Kapowski. You know, and, <laughs> and I'm showing my age a little bit, but I, I love it. You know, I really think this series with uh, Washington and Boston, you know, barring the Cavs getting to the finals and the Warriors getting to the finals, this would be the best series in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Boston's not your typical one seed. You know, they're not as strong as years past of other number one seeds. But And I think Washington knows that. I mean, you look at their battles. This year, you know, um, and like I said, there's no love lost. You know, the Jay Crowder, John Wall incident earlier in the year. Uh, the Wizards coming to a game dressed in all black, and, and they took care of the Celtics that night uh, that they were dressed in all black. So I, I really look forward to this series. Um, it's 2-1. Uh, I, I could see Washington tying this thing up in, in, in game four, but I, I look forward to watching this because – both teams are just evenly matched, uh, you, you know, for what Boston lacks in, in star power minus I, Isaiah Thomas, you know, they make up for in heart and, and playing together as a team. And, you know, w with Washington, I mean, John Wall's playing out of his mind right now. Uh, Bradley Beals, one of the best up-and-coming two guards in, in the league, uh, the, the, the Mars twin, and now I'm, I'm hearing a lot of uh, speculation over which Mars twin played <laughs> last night, but, it, you know, it, it, it's just everything that you look for in a playoff series, you're going to get with these two teams. So I, I look forward to it. Game four should be another good one. Uh, and hopefully, I hope this series goes seven because I, I've got the first three games DVR'd. Granted, there have been some blowouts, but it's just what we looked for in a playoff series, you know, growing up, what you love to watch, you know, and, and I, I hope it goes seven games. For sure, and, and no doubt about it. You know, you you, you got to love that physicality. And you got to love two teams that genuinely hate each other. This ain't made up. This is real. So the hate is real between these two teams. And it's good to see and it's good to watch. So you're hoping for a seven-game series. So if it goes seven – you got to be kind of leading, leaning, excuse me, towards the Boston Celtics. But how do you see it playing out? I'm going to go the other way. I, I like the Wizards earlier in the year. Uh, you know, you, you and I spoke about that. I, I thought the moves they made at, at the trade deadline were, were noteworthy moves, probably not on, on paper, but, you know, in, in the locker room and, and for the way they play. Uh, and now they're they're really starting to 
play the way everybody expected them to play. Um, you know, like I said, game one, they, they came out red hot. I think they started out the game on a 9-0 run or, or something along those lines. Um, and I, I can't say enough about John Wall. Uh, he, he's just a, a joy to watch out there on, on the basketball court. And, and, you know, he's making everybody on, on that Wizards uh, team better. Uh, I'll tell you this. I, I think, you know, Bradley Beal will, will get his – check again. Well, and let's not forget John Wall's playing for a check right now. You know, right. the deal he signed a couple of years ago, it's some change compared to the deals that guys are signing now. <laughs> so, you know, he's playing for something. Bill's playing for something. Otto Porter, this is a contract year. He's playing for something. Oubre, he's playing for respect. You know, last night showed that. Uh, and, and the rest of their guys are playing well. So, you know, I, I actually like the Wizards in this series, uh, winning in Game Seven in Boston. Okay, all right, uh, and that wouldn't surprise me. So let me ask you this: We, we look at Isaiah Thomas' fifty-three point game the other night. Obviously, you know, put some big time numbers up. Obviously, you've been gushing about John Wall. Who's the best point guard in this series? Uh, you, you put me on on the spot here, and it, <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going back away from this. I'm sticking with John Wall, and that, that's okay. not to take anything away from Isaiah Thomas. I mean, 53 points the other night was phenomenal. I, I don't even think I scored 53 points in my career, but <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to go with John Wall just from a standpoint of he can affect the game on both ends of the floor. Uh, you know, pushing the ball in the transition. You know, what was the one knock on John Wall? when he uh, first came into the league, his jump shot. Well, he's making mid-range jumpers at a consistent level that you have to play up on him. And now he's able to go by guys. Uh, He's able to defend. And I I think the one thing that the Wizards did last night that they didn't really do in the first two games, you know, you've got to neutralize Isaiah Thompson. I think they did that. He's going to get his points on the offensive end. But, you know, let's not forget, he's still – five foot, whatever. So you got to attack him on a defensive end. And I think they did that, you know, by putting him in the post, posting him up, trying to score over him. And that's not something you really saw this year from teams, uh, which was a little bit surprising. I mean, if, if, you know, I got a guy that's playing against me that's five foot something, I got to take him down low and and see if he can guard me. I I know I can't guard him on the other end, but he's got to try to guard me as well. And and that's where you do the little – you know, I'm old school, so you got the little old school tricks. I got to rough them up in the post a little bit. And I think that's what Washington will do some more of it and why I think eventually they will win it in seven. Okay. All right. Fair enough. We're talking to Ryder University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gilded. Obviously, Isaiah Thomas is playing with a with a heavy heart. You know, the unfortunate death of his sister, China. Her 23rd birthday was the other night. Tonight he dropped 53 points. You kind of put into words, you know, and obviously, you know, it's kind of difficult to put into words since you've never really experienced anything like that. But just looking at Isaiah Thomas and looking at how he's dealing with this whole situation, how do you view him? Do you Has your view of him changed a little? Uh, it, it, it has, but I also look, look at it this way. You know, basketball – for a lot of us, is a uh, place to to get away. And I I, I compare Isaiah Thomas's situation to – there was actually a young man that uh, played at the University of Hartford uh, during my time there, and I remember he had a a death in his family. He ended up losing his mom and his, his brothers in a car accident, and Everybody, you know, pulled together for him and, and tried to get him through that tough time. And I remember him telling me, uh, we, we just wrapped up playing a game, and I remember him telling me, like, hey, man, it was only for two hours, but this was probably the best I felt in two weeks. So, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, basketball is, is your getaway from everything. And I think – for Isaiah Thomas, that's what you're seeing right now. He's able to put three hours in where he can just get away and, and not have to worry about what's going on 
in the world, and, and he can just be himself again uh, because that's a that's a tough tough situation to, to deal with. Um, you know, my condolences to him and his family. Uh, it, it is a tough time, but in, in the meantime, you know, getting on that court sometimes is the best getaway, and, and he's showing that. I mean, 53 points the, the other night, what he was able to do in the first round against the Bulls, um, you know, is just go out there and, and hoop, and, and that's our escape. As players, that's your escape. You step onto that court, and you have no idea what else is going on. It's just you two baskets on each end and, and the 94 feet that, that you're allowed to go up and down on. So, you know, I, I definitely uh, feel for him. And, you know, I, I'm excited to watch him play as this series goes on. So we, we have this situation out there in the Eastern Conference, obviously. We got the Celtics Wizards. Uh, let's look at San Antonio now. Tony Parker, out for the series, out for the playoffs, excuse me, you know, after the quadricep tendon injury, he's been having a pretty decent playoff. I mean, obviously you got Kawhi Leonard averaging, I believe, 30 points per game in these playoffs. But Parker was second. So now that leaves your lineup. In, in my opinion, they might be able to get by Houston, but there is no chance they beat the Golden State Warriors without Tony Parker. How much does not having Parker – change things for the San Antonio Spurs, in your opinion? Uh, this series, I'm not so sure how, how much it changes for them. Uh, I, I still think they have enough talent to get past the Rockets. I mean, you, you look at what Kawhi Leonard did the other night on the offensive end was great, but let's talk about what he did on the defensive end, you know, checking James Harden for the majority of that game. And, and James Harden shooting a poor percentage that night, you know. So I, I think it's enough for them to get past the Rockets. But for them to have a chance in the next round, it'll be tough. And, and I'll tell you what nobody's talking about. Where has LaMarcus Aldridge been? I mean, he, he was the big free agent fish last year. Uh, you know, you had Tim Duncan to really – throw things off of if, if you didn't play well. Well, now it's it's kind of your time, man. You, you know, Kawhi's doing his part. Where is LaMarcus Aldridge to do his part? Uh, the Spurs need him if they have any chance of uh, getting through the, sec- the next round or, or let's just say to get out of this round. Uh, he, he's got to start to play better to, uh, you know, help Kawhi Leonard out. So it, it, it'll be interesting. Losing Parker – is a tough one, but whatever he gave, I thought was gravy. I mean, you look at how he played in the uh, first couple games, and it was a little bit of a struggle for him to get his shot off. Those floaters that we were used to seeing from Tony Parker, let, let's not forget that they were getting sent back to his face a little bit. Um, but with that still being said, I, I still do have a chance to get past the Rockets. But if Aldridge doesn't step up, you know, and – they end up facing the Warriors in the next round. That could be a four-row sweep. And, and it's it, it kind of stinks from on some level because obviously it just makes the Warriors' road to the finals that much easier. And obviously, you want you, you thought maybe San Antonio could give them a little something. Not saying they could beat them, but give them a little something. But at this point, I almost want Houston to win because I feel like Houston could give maybe GSW a better series. Not saying they could beat them, but they got a three-point shot chance. I'm going to have to cut you off there. It don't matter who you throw in front of Golden State. They're not having no problems until June 3rd or June 1st, whenever the finals start. (laughs) And unfortunately, you might be right about that one, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. As long as it's – well, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch of Cleveland – and Golden State, and I think it's probably going to happen. Speaking of Cleveland, you know, they're up on Toronto, two games to nothing, two blowouts, just like they did was a couple years ago when they played Toronto where they blew them out in those first two games. Then Toronto came back the next two games and and played a lot better and and did some things out there on that basketball court. But let me ask you this. Is this series over? Yes. 
No, the only thing left for Toronto to do is get their uh, global ambassador on, on the floor, and maybe he can create a distraction to take some points away from Cleveland because I, I just don't see see this happening. Um, you know, the, the thing that really caught my attention, and like I said, I, I'm feeling real old school tonight, if you could feel me. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's comment of, if somebody can stop LeBron, I'll give you $100. That just lets me know that your thought process isn't where it needs to be. You've already given in to the fact that you can't beat the Cavs. Even if I thought I couldn't stop LeBron, I'm not making that comment out loud. There's no way. Uh, <laughs> and now, you know, Kyle Lowry's going through a, a tough stretch and, you know, he didn't start tonight's game, but I, I just don't see it happening. If Cleveland wins tonight, this one's over. Yeah, and I, I – they might just win tonight. I mean, I, and I thought Toronto would give them a much better series. I really did, but I don't know. I mean, we we saw a couple, like we said a couple couple of years ago, where you know, where Cleveland kind of was that last year might have been last year where Cleveland went out and dominated the first two games, and then ultimately they, you know Toronto made it a series. It was last year where they made it a series, but maybe they could do it. I don't know. I, I mean, I just. Give me a, some kind of level of excitement, but I'm almost agreeing with you that this whole thing. Well, well, let, let's, well let, let's not even forget. I, I don't think Toronto should have gotten past Milwaukee. And Milwaukee <laughs> gave them a, a, a tough time. So, you know, right now, if I'm a Toronto fan, I'm just happy to be playing in this second round and, you know, take whatever we can get. We're just happy to be here. And, and that's the – that's kind of the the mentality it seems like they have. We're just happy to be here, uh, you know. Let, let's let's have this Weeded North chant for at least another game or two, and you know, let's worry about the Blue Jays after that. <laughs> you might be right on that. Well, we're talking to former, not former. We're talking to Ryder University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gill. So let me ask you this now, and, and let's kind of go away from the playoffs a little bit, Carmelo Anthony. Um, you know, I look at Carmelo Anthony. I look at this guy, and, and I'm saying to myself, like, first and foremost, why would any team not want him? Clippers, Celtics, any team that is close, why would you not want Melo? But obviously Phil Jackson has said that he is open. Well, not open, but he's basically saying he's going to trade Melo or try to trade Melo and that Melo should be elsewhere. Where do you think Melo ends up? And, and, and how do you feel about the way Phil is treating Melo at this point? Well, I'm not going to say what uh, I want to say about Phil because I, I don't want the FCC to shut you down, and I would like to keep my job at Ryder. So I, I'll leave that one where it is. Uh, but, uh, again, and I've said it on your show before, uh, kudos to Melo for the way he's handling himself. Uh, you know, because I'm pretty sure that that Baltimore wants to come out a little bit. That Brooklyn wants to come out a little bit. And, and, and it should. And, and nobody would blame him if it did. The, the way he's carrying himself is like a true professional, which you, you wouldn't have seen from Carmelo Anthony in, in 2004, 2005, 2006. Um, you know, but with that being said, I would just love for him to get somewhere where he has a chance to win. Um, you know, a, a guy with his pedigree, with his accolades, deserves that. And, you know, let's not forget, here's a guy that, that could have gone to other places and teamed up with other guys to be this quote-unquote super team. But he tried to do it himself, and that has to speak for something. Um, so now would I be upset with any team he went to, whether it was the Clippers, the Celtics, at this point, I'd be happy if he went to the Cavs, you know, because he deserves it. This guy's put the time in, you know, in his career. And if you ask me, I still think he's the the best one-on-one scorer in the game, even at uh, 32, 33 years old. Um, you know, you ask anybody in the NBA, you know, guard him one-on-one, watch what happens. I bet you you get scored on. So, you know, for him, I would just love to see him end up with, with the contender. He, he deserves it uh, for the work that he's put in. And 
I'll say this. We won't appreciate Melo's game until he's gone and retired as well. I, I put him up there, the LeBron to the world, the D-Wade to the world, uh, you know, that we really didn't appreciate his game, and we won't get a chance to do that until he's retired. And hopefully by that point, he'd have a ring to add to his uh, gold medals and his uh, college national championship. I think the perfect place for the guy is the Los Angeles Clippers or the Boston Celtics. I mean, I just don't get how the Clippers could not try to make that work. And they have to try to make that work this offseason. I mean, they got to do it. I mean, Boston, and I feel like with the Boston Celtics, you got to get your hands or try to get your hands on maybe a Jimmy Butler or a Paul George. I really think they should do that. Because I, I think this year Cleveland was there for the taking. And I thought Boston, if they could have added another piece, could have taken Cleveland out. I don't think they'll take Cleveland out this time around. Well, Boston might not even get there. But I don't think they take Cleveland out. But I thought Cleveland was right for the picking, being that Cleveland really doesn't defend that well. And, and you know, they're not the team that they were last year. So I, I, I just don't get it. I really don't. No, and that that that's fair. I, I mean, lo- looking at the Celtics roster, you you could say, you know, they've lacked some pop. Uh, sidebar here, this is just for you. Um, looking at this Cavs Raptors game, and the Demar Derozan uh, <laughs> screenshot just came up through game one and game two. He's averaging twelve points. You know my take on Demar Derozan, but I, I'll get back to the Celtics now. Uh, <laughs> They do lack that star pop, and a guy like Melo could be that. Uh, but knowing the way the Celtics operate, I don't foresee them getting rid of those draft picks, especially with this year's draft being as deep as, as it is. Uh, you know, they put themselves in a good position, in, you know, to not even have an effect now, but have an effect going into the future. I mean, they were the number one seed, and, and you could possibly get the number one, number two pick in this year's draft. You know, I, I, you're doing something right. Uh, the Clippers, I don't mind them going to the Clippers as long as the Knicks don't bring back Blake Griffin. You know my take on Blake Griffin as well, and and I, I won't say that on air for uh, various reasons. <laughs> so let me ask you this. I mean, many moons ago, you know, your illustrious – sneaker collection was profiled on the the, the great show classic now uh, <laughs> so you know a little bit about sneakers how do you view the zotus uh, well, i'll start by saying this shout out to classic now uh the feed room <laughs> has not recovered from our time together, uh, <laughs> video for classic now, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know what I'm, I, I get it. I, I, I get it where, uh, the ball family is going with, with their shoe, you know, because I'm, I'm from the, the saying of, you know, if you bet on yourself, you'll never lose. And I, I get where, you know, folks coming from, where son's coming from. 495 is a little steep even for me. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, and I compare it to this. You know, I, I'm kind of like Cliff Huxtable with this line. If somebody's wearing a shoe for $495, he better be on stage with his four other brothers and singing some songs because <laughs> I, I, I just can't. I can't do it. Uh, you know, four ninety five for me is a little, a little too steep. Um, you know, I, but like I said, I, I get where they're coming from. Uh, would I have started off at four ninety five? Maybe not. But you know, who, who am I to knock somebody else's dream? For sure. You know, if, if it can happen, hey, go go for it. Uh, but you know, like like you said. Earlier, you know, uh, Gucci charges what they charge. Prada charges what they charge. And some of these other uh, designers charge what they charge. So, 
you know, power to those guys. If it works out, great. Um, you know, I, I know my son or my daughter can't ask me for that shoe. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, if you can afford it, go for it. I, I'm not going to knock you. I mean, what, looking at the shoe, uh, I, I would love to know the creative process that went into it because, you know, for a guy like myself who is a quote-unquote big sneakerhead, it, it looks like the mold from an old Kobe shoe. So okay. that one, i be a little skeptical of that because there wasn't really any originality to the shoe. Um, you know, and then two, the, the leather that the shoe is made out of, I would need to see where that came from and, and things of that nature. I, I'm really just trying to see if there's a way to justify this 495 price tag. It's, it's a bit steep. And, um, you know, but like I said, power to those guys. If, if they can get a couple sales, which I think they have had, looking online, uh, it, it's looking like it, it is selling some units. Uh, I've seen some reports of 4,000 sneakers sold to 5,000 pairs of sneakers sold. So, you know, hey, it's the American dream. This is what we're taught when we're young, you know, and hopefully it works out for them. Sounds good. We'll leave, we'll leave it right there. And, and I agree with you, actually. I, I hope they sell a whole bunch of sneakers. I, I really do. And I hope they make a whole bunch of money. But at the same time, by them selling those sneakers, there's some people out here probably doing some things or purchasing some things that they probably should not be purchasing. So that might be a bad thing slash good thing, depending on how you look at it. But Marlon, absolute pleasure talking to you. Can't wait to do it again. No, as always, thanks for having me, my man. Love to do it again with you. Take care. Bye-bye. Marlon Guild getting his thoughts on the playoffs. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Clipper Darrell giving his take on the Los Angeles Clippers. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It. Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, (laughs) too, man. (laughs) Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that, you know, we know that you can have married women. We've seen you you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around, too. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's that rock. (laughs) That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. (laughs) And we're back. Go for it. Paul Gann here talking sports, having fun doing it. We're going to bring in a guy now. While we like to have some fun, I don't think this guy is having much fun. His Los Angeles Clippers have blown another series lead. It started in 2013, 2-0 lead against the Grizzlies, blown. 2014 against the Thunder, 1-0 lead, blown. 2015 against the Rockets, 3-1 lead, blown. 2016 against the Blazers, 2-0 lead, blown. 2017 against the Jazz, this past year, 2-1 lead, blown, including a Game 7 loss in their building. We're going to bring in a guy now. He loves the Clippers. And this man knows a lot about the Los Angeles Clippers. Let's bring him in now. The great Clipper, Darrell. Darrell. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's going on, Paul? What's happening, baby? Right, man. <laughs> man, you know, I'm great, man. But you know what? You know, I don't know about my team right now, man. I really don't. <laughs> I'm, so I'm, I'm, really, I'm really, I'm really. 
you were you tweeted out the other day. After okay. 25 years being an LA Clippers super fan, today is the first time I'm embarrassed, ashamed of being a Clippers fan. Talk about that tweet. Okay, the reason why I say that because if you if you've seen the hashtags, man, we have no plays, we have no identity. So when when teams come in, and they play us, they play us because all they got to do is is double team Chris Paul, and they say that's your team, and that's what they do. We don't plays we need. We need to, we need to move that ball around like we're supposed to. Everybody's hipped on a pick and roll. Everybody does the pick and roll. Okay, but until we could create, until we have a structured offense, we would never win in the playoffs because these better co- these coaches. I mean, that's when they coach. You know, the Jazz coach shown what he can do. But let me ask you this. I mean, I think we look out at the past two seasons. It's come down to injuries. Obviously, you would have beat the Blazers. Hey, quick, hey, hey wait, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold up. Don't even talk about injuries, okay? <laughs> the only two injuries, the only, the only two years, only year that I excused them of injuries when Chris Paul and Blake Griffin was out. Okay. okay. This is the first round, man. This is the first round. When you play this game of basketball, you got 450 players in the NBA. You you there for a reason. So you better you, you better pick up. But it's all about rotations, and it's all about giving people. It's all about it's, – it's three things that I always say. It's communication. It's communication. And, and, and the third thing I always say is knowing your roles. When you know your role on a team, it's the easiest thing you can do. Brandon Bass, most states, and, um, and, my, and my dude, I can't even think of his name. I'm so mad right now. Um, number, number two for our team. Oh, no. man, he's going he to kick my butt when I see him. Um, but they, yeah, Randy Felt. They brought three. They brought them three guys in, right? At the minimum, bro. The minimum, one point two. They didn't get the playing time that they deserve, and then you expect them to show up in the playoffs. It doesn't happen that way. It's all about rotation. No one, when you when you when you know your role, is the easiest thing you can do. But if you ain't played throughout the the whole eighty two game season, and 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 didn't play really you know, 12 to 18 minutes a game, as promised, it becomes a failure to me. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm upset. That's why I'm ashamed. You know what I'm saying? These guys, these guys take, they take salary cuts, but Doc is not, Doc is not doing what he's, what he's promised. But you're talking about, you know, you know, Blake Griffin, your second best player on the team. I mean, your number two guy. It's very difficult. Especially when you're in a four or five series. That means those two teams are fairly even teams. When you lose Blake Griffin, it's very difficult to beat a team like the Utah Jazz. That's a very good basketball team over there. I mean, I'm not saying the Clippers get a pass, but I understand. Remember when Blake Griffin was out with the knee injury before? Right. He was out, and we were were 33 and 15. Okay. We're thirty-three and fifteen. You know, so you 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 in the league for a reason. But see, this is the, this is the catch. If you have a good support staff and you explain their roles, Brandon Bass is a great backup, a great backup to um to Blake Griffin. Okay, but he wasn't used. He wasn't used properly. He has a mid-range. He has a low post. He has he can shoot free throws. And he's a smart player, and he plays defense. But, but let, so me that's, that's, let me say this. Let me let me let me say this. I think anytime you're relying on the Brandon Basses of the world and the the Raymond Feltons of the world, you know, I, I think you're not in a good position and not in a good place. And the only reason you know Brandon Bass would have gotten the extended minutes is because Blake is out. Exactly. But if, if, if Brandon Bass would have played during the season, you see, it'd be, it'd be, I mean, come on, man. He got, he got, he got his son playing the point guard. He got Austin Rivers playing point. And you know, he ain't no point guard. Everybody in this world knows he's not a point guard, you know, sure. but you got him playing point guard. Okay. So that's not an excuse to me. To me, if, 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 if when you bring players in and they take the minimum cut, play them. Don't play games. 
Okay, let them. If you're not going to play them, let them go somewhere else where they can make some money. Brandon Bass could have went anywhere and made four or five million dollars. For sure. But he chose to stay. He chose to stay here because because Doc told him they, they, they you know that they needed him. He was going to play and we was going to win a championship together. That's all it so is, let, man. So, so let me ask you this, and, and we're talking to the great Clipper General. Let me ask you this. Obviously, at this point in time, just by the way you're talking, and also just by the way you've been tweeting. I love Doc Rivers, the person, but Doc Rivers, the L.A. Clippers president and head coach, has done nothing in five years. So basically what you're saying is you want a new coach. I need a coach with plays, okay? And basically I'm shooting for – I would love to see Mark Jackson or Sam Cassell come in. You know, let, 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 let them handle it. Because we need structure, man, you know? Sam played the game. Sam loves the game. He knows the game. See, it's not, see, you can't see the NBA. It's all about X's and O's. And the only time that you really need the coach is when you're doing the plays at the end, in crunch time. But when when they're playing the game and they know the structure of the team, it's an easy it's an easy game. I mean, look at look at look at um, the Spurs structure championship. Look at the Lakers structure championship. The Warriors. Where they used to be, where you, where we was, structure, structure, and they won a championship. That's all it is. See, when when when, you, when everybody's on a team and everybody's on the same page, and nobody cares about who scores, it's great basketball, man. But when you watch the Clippers, and and and, and I'm gonna keep it 100. When you watch the Clippers, it's like watching a pickup game outside. You know, you give it to Chris Paul, you team him up, he, he get double team, you try to switch it out, goes out of bounds, he turns the ball over. Pickup game. Because, you know, but you don't look like real basketball anymore. But you 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 name those teams and, and you talked about San Antonio Spurs, you talked about Tim Duncan, Kawhi Leonard, Tony Parker, you know, Ginobili over the years, a lot of talent there. You talked about the Lakers, Shaq and Kobe, a lot of talent there. Mm-hmm. And and, yeah. and so I guess my point to you at this point in time, the way this roster is presently constructed and Doc is okay with bringing back this big three, DeAndre, Blake, and CP3. Are you okay with bringing back the big three? Yeah, as long as we get a new coach. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, if you bring back the big three, you bring back the big three, you, you, you need structure. We're not gonna win. We're not gonna win with Doc. You know, I was I was I was talking to somebody the other day, and he made a good point to me, man. And he he was telling me about when Doc won the championship that year, right? Guess who was on his bench as a defensive coach? Remember that? I I, I can't even think of the coach's name, man. I'm on the oh, spot Scott. right now. I can't. Even, uh, I think I know huh? what you're talking. You know about. He, he played. Oh. He coaches for the Minnesota Timberwolves now. He coach and he and he coached for the Chicago Bulls. Thibodeau, uh, Thibodeau, 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 Thibodeau. You see, so this is where this is where I I have a problem at. You've been you've been there five seasons, right? In five seasons, we've had a different bench every single season. The year that we 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 had we had um, a good year when Darren Collison was the backup to CP3. Great backup. He he did his role, right? Doc he opted out. Doc didn't want to pay him. Right, he went somewhere else and got his money. But if you would have paid him, the key is is backup to CP3. Key is a good backup to Blake. Uh, the key is backup to DJ. The reason why these guys are getting hurt, right? The reason why these guys are getting hurt so much is because um, they play too many minutes. Chris Paul's averaging between 37 to 42 minutes a game. That's too much. Mm-hmm. They should be they should be averaging between twenty eight to thirty two minutes a game, all right. And some games are you know necessary. They they might have to play overtime and stuff like that. That's different. But that's that's what that's where the release come in. That's where their bench comes in at. But if you don't believe in your bench, why did you pick them? Right. You don't want to pick them. That's fair. So you, just so I'm clear, you want to get get rid of. Doc Rivers to coach and president, correct? Yeah, because because he can't because first of all, it, the people that he picked. See, 
you can't promise me if I if I tell you, man, come work for me. I'm gonna give you forty hours a a, a week. You're gonna make this amount of dollars. Make, make make this amount. Then when you come and work, right, you still make your money. You still make you, they, they still guarantee the money, but your hours are cut. You know. Right. So what, what what nobody nobody plays this game, man. People love this game, especially at the end of your career. People want to win. And that's why you got the Feltons, you got the Spates that b- bought in, the Basses that bought in to what you had to do. You see, but you know, if if, if you don't have if you don't have communication, camaraderie, and telling each of them players to know their role, you got you got you, you got issues, man. Seriously, for sure, for sure. And that's so, why, and that's why ahead. I'm that's why I'm embarrassed. So you want to bring the big three back. And I got a question about that. Blake Griffin, last year, injured, missed the rest of the playoffs. This year, injured, missed the rest of the playoffs. Do you trust Blake Griffin? Yeah, I trust him. Because if, when you put people in a system, they're going to flourish. The reason why, the reason why they have problems on the team because they don't have a system. They just give it to Chris Paul and do a pick and roll with Blake, and you pass the ball around, and Blake stops the ball and he shoots it, and he shoots, you know, he shoots for regular shots. But when you have a structure and people believe into what in your in, in your system, it's easy to play basketball. He did it at Oklahoma. I've seen it. You see, but how you got it? You I got mean, it. You got it. You. Got, Come on, this is the professional leagues, man. You can't you, you can't win a championship without structure. I don't care what team you are. Because remember, everybody used to always say, man. Remember, everybody used to always say Golden State would never win a championship because of the way they the way they play basketball. Right. Because it's up and down at that fast pace. You see, you see, they showed the world you can win it, but you gotta have structure. And what the main thing that they do is play defense. And they talk to each other. And the, and the problem is, they don't care who wins. They don't care who shoots the ball. They don't care who scores. You know what I'm saying? For sure. That's the difference. We play a lot of we we play a lot of Hollywood ball, okay? <laughs> and everybody wants to everybody wants to get the big sponsorships, the big commercials, the big deals, okay? We all can get this if everybody wins. And it takes a coach. It takes a GM. It takes an owner. To start it from the top to the bottom, and everybody has to believe, and everybody has to be on the same page. So, and we're talking to Clipper Darrow. So, there's a guy in New York City, you know, a professional scorer, a, a guy that can get out of bed and get you 20 on any given night. Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you want him in LA? Without structure, no. It ain't gonna do us no good. We're gonna be we're gonna be the same old Clippers. We're gonna get put out the first round. We're gonna cause we need structure. See, people people buy into structure, man. You know what I'm saying? The last five minutes of game, it becomes a, a, a pickup game. It becomes a pickup game, the last five minutes of the game. Then, okay, that's gonna come the one on ones and the Carmelos and the, you know, but the first three and a half minutes of the, the first three and a half quarters of the game, bro, it's a team it's a team effort. And it's still a team effort at the last five minutes. But everybody know where the ball is going. You see, but that's when you run the plays. That's when you run the structure. That's when you have. That's when you have the camaraderie where everybody. Like, you know how when you go play a pickup game, right? And you have you ever been on one of them teams where you got two dudes that hog the ball and you never touch the ball? So you'd be like, man, forget it, man. I ain't playing no defense. That's what happens. I'm not. I'm going to run up and down this court for. You know, they ain't, they ain't passing me the ball. That's what happens. But look I, at I the expressions it. on people. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I got. I, I mean, look at the. I, I hear what you're saying, but at at the end of the day, you know, and, and obviously you believe this whole thing comes down to Doc Rivers. So you're saying this is not yeah. about the players on the court. This is all about what's happening on the bench and upstairs. Yes. Yes. Okay. You you can't have a point guard that holds the ball twenty seconds and and expect him to do something every single play. It's not gonna happen. You know, it's not gonna happen. Right. Okay. But if you run a structured offense, 
if you run a system, it'll flourish because anybody can play in it. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, right. like you look at Draymond Green, right? Draymond Green's an all-star now because he believed in the system and he believed in his role. You see, he was a second-round pick. Definitely. So people, people, people. If if if, if your players buy into what you're saying, it's going to be off the chain for you, man. It's going to be real so, nice. So, just so I'm clear, just so I'm clear, and, and I look mm. at the Los Angeles Clippers and I say this: Okay, you bring Blake back. This is everything right now. Let's go. <laughs> hey, I'm, 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 I'm sorry about that. I'm about kids. So I'm for kids. Thanks for the Lord, baby. You, you, we you are so obviously you're very excited, and as you should, that is your daughter. You should be rooting very hard, very, very hard. Let's get out of here on this. Let's get out on this. So <laughs> you look at the Clippers, and obviously the way they're presently constructed, they can win 50 games, but winning those 50 games, they're not going to win a championship. So you're just okay with status quo, bringing the guys back, bringing the whole group back, but bringing in a different coach and just hoping for a new result. Yep. That's simple. Exactly. Yes, that's simple. I'm telling you, man, if I went out there, if I went out there and coached these guys, man, I'm telling you, bro, it's all about role. It's all about role playing. Chris Paul would never play over 30 minutes a game if I was a coach, ever, unless, unless we needed him in, in, in overtime. Because, see, when, you got to remember, when you play, you got to look at the minutes that these guys play, man. When you're 32 years old, it's a lot of minutes on your body. You see, sure. that's, why guys get, that's why guys get hurt so much. Right. You see, that's why Blake me. That's why Blake Mees are like that because he plays. Because if you notice, Doc plays him in the first quarter. He plays the whole first quarter, and he plays part of the second quarter at the eight-minute mark, right? He takes Blake out at the eight-minute mark, and then he brings him back in at the five-minute mark. Right. Where's the rest at? So when, when Blake goes out with these toe injuries, these knee injuries, I understand. That's why I don't get mad at him. Right. Because he got, he, he got too many minutes on his body. At one time. All right. I mean, you so you, I, I just think you got to do something drastic. You got to do something different because if you're okay, okay, if you're okay with just rolling the ball out and winning 50 games every year and going out in the first, second round to bring back everybody and don't add anything to it. But if you're okay, but if you want to go to that next level, you got to add something different. Maybe that difference is Carmelo Anthony. But we shall see. So make sure you check this man out on Dash Radio each and every Saturday. Fan Truth, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Clipper Darrell doing some big-time things. Make sure you check him out tomorrow. He's going to be joined by Olden Polonies. OP is going to be joining him tomorrow on Fan Truth Dash Radio. Daryl, absolute pleasure, man. Wish you nothing but the Pre- Appreciate you, man. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you. Take man. care. All right now, baby. All right. Clipper Daryl giving his thoughts on what's wrong with the Clippers. He wants Doc Rivers out of here. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Should be interesting. I want to thank Marlon Gill for stopping by. Also want to thank Clipper Darrell for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blocktalkradio.com slash pgam, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at Go. Also, hit us up on the website. GoForAgainstSports.com. That's GoForAgainstSports.com, where we continue to talk sports and have fun doing it. For everybody here at Go For It, we hope you have a great weekend. We hope you have a great day. See you later. Take care. Bye.